0: May we be here together now. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Good to be seen. So, it's time for a change. Have you ever said that before? Have you ever said that before in your life? It's time for a change. Maybe it's because... um. You got invited to a special affair and usually you wear sweatpants and then you go in the closet and nothing fits because you can't sag the pants lower any longer to let the muffin top breathe. And you go, all right, time for a change. Monday. We'll eat all we want today, but Monday. Time for a change. Or maybe you said that because um, some medical situation happened, a medical event. And maybe a lifestyle that you've been living has kind of contributed to it. Like if you weren't living that way, you could have avoided it. And you say, all right, it's time for a change. Or maybe you've come to some form of dead end. Maybe in a business or job occupation or maybe a certain relationship. There's been enough dissatisfaction and discontent to say that you are willing to make a commitment, whatever is necessary, to bring about the desired or even needed change to make actual shifts in the way in which you live your life, the way you think, speak, act, and make decisions. It's time for a change. Have you ever said that before in your life? Well, this is what God is saying in our gospel reading today. Through his messenger, this voice of one crying out in the wilderness, a prophet, By the name of John, the son of Zechariah. We call him John the Baptist. You see, God is on the move. The time of waiting for Israel is actually over. The Messiah, the long-awaited one, God's son, is just around the corner. He is coming. His advent is near. His advent is nigh. He's on the way. And God sends John to prepare the hearts and minds of God's people for their coming king. He's in and around the Judean countryside, at the Jordan River, and John is baptizing people of all types, shapes, and sizes, calling them to repentance. Repent and be saved! That's such a Christiany word, right? Repent. You don't say that at work or at home or around the dinner table. You don't say that. It's a christian churchy word. What does it mean? Because typically when we hear it, we equate repentance with remorse. As if repentance means to feel a deep regret or guilt over a wrong committed. And although remorse might lead a person, it might be a factor towards repentance that's not what repentance means. To repent means simply to change, to change direction. It is a response with the intent to reorient one's mode of thinking, to perceive oneself differently, to perceive others differently, to perceive God differently and everything around the world, and then to live accordingly, what John will call next week the fruits of repentance. It's a turn. In the context of the gospel, it's a return. It's a return towards what God's original creative intent was for you and for me, which is to be in a harmonious love relationship with Him and with everyone, to live a life of transformation, and to express and embody the characteristics of God, which is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You see, John is calling these people, Israel, at the time to come back to who they really are and whose they are, which is God's beloved children and to renounce their former loyalties and allegiances, which by and large is a loyalty and allegiance to myself. Because as a human being, I am bent inwards. It's to actually renounce that, so that I can realign myself with God's purposes, get in on what God is doing. And what is that? Changing and renewing the world through His coming Son, Jesus the Christ. That is John's invitation. What an awesome and amazing and adventurous one. We would think that everybody would want an RSVP to that. Even in a non-RSVP culture that we live in. But that wasn't the case then. And it's not the case now. Because the ultimate demise for John was the same for Jesus. John got his head chopped off. Jesus was brutally executed on a Roman cross. Not everybody wants to get in on what God is doing. It's just a fact. Not everybody wants to say yes. To say, you know what? Now is the time. I'm in. Let's do this. Let's go. If we're honest, we'd rather have God get in on what we're doing. To kind to of bless and prosper what we've decided that is appropriate or right or good. Or for God to leave us alone entirely. I'm not even interested in whatever it is he's doing. I'm interested in what I'm doing. And why is that? Because by and large, we don't like change. I mean, sure, you want to pay off my mortgage? I'll accept that change. Pay off my student debt put a brand-new 60-inch OLED flat-screen TV in my living room, I'll accept that. But do not ask me to give myself over to anything. Don't ask me to do that. I resist that. Because change equals what? Loss and uncertainty. A loss of what once was. A loss of feeling like I have control over my life. A loss of security. A loss of what I might hold dear even though it's destructive to myself or other people. I want to hang on to that. And it calls for risk and vulnerability and trust in the midst of uncertainty. We don't want that. I don't want that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. And not only do you resist the change itself, we can get defensive towards the voice that calls for it. The voice of the prophet. The voice of renewal and hope. Now that voice could come through a figure like a John the Baptist or the many other prophets in that lineage. The prophetic voice could come through the person or it could come through another means. It can be the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit upon one person's heart. It could sound like a whisper. But even as small and beautiful as that is, it makes us feel uncomfortable because the prophetic voice exposes us to what is. The harsh reality of what I may have participated in or glanced over or denied or hidden or allowed or enabled, and even the invitation to acknowledge what might have actually happened to me, the trauma done to me. On an individual level, on a familial or communal level, on an institutional level, and even on a national level, it can feel like the covers are being pulled off that someone ran into my room in the morning and lifted up the shades and the sun rays are bursting in and they feel blinding. It's really difficult to accept and come to terms with this because the truth often hurts. It's part of the wake up call. But the purpose is not to accuse or shame or condemn but to invite life, freedom, and peace. This week in Advent, We celebrate peace. That is the theme. But peace is not nearly a ceasefire, a ceasing of turmoil or war or conflict, but wholeness, togetherness, integration, unification, harmony. To have the broken pieces put back together again. Who's got some broken pieces that need to be put back together again? If you're a human being, I guarantee you have them. You've got some broken pieces. And your life as an individual, and your family, and your world, that's what that peace is. And it is a peace that only Jesus can give. A peace that transcends all understanding, that keeps our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son. That peace. But in order to experience that peace, unfortunately, change is necessary. Since change equates to loss and uncertainty, one can conclude it is a hardship. And if you're familiar with the long form of the serenity prayer, it says accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. So, is it time for a change? Is it time to stop putting it off? Maybe It's time to accept Jesus' invitation into actual relationship with Him. Maybe it's time for that. Or maybe you feel kind of distant, kind of far off and removed from Him. And this is the invitation that maybe it's time for you to come home. I don't care if you're 15th generation St. Michael's Episcopal Church and you've been in the pew for 150 years or you're logging on YouTube for the first time. People come to church for all different types of reasons. The valley has been filled up. The mountain has been brought low. We are all on level ground here. Maybe it's time for that. Maybe it's time to take your relationship with Jesus to the next step, the next level, to cultivate a deeper friendship with him. Maybe it's time to say yes for God's call on your life in this season of your life. Maybe you already know what that is. And maybe you're running from it out of fear, because I'm not this enough, or I'm not that enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not old enough, I'm not young enough, I'm not good looking enough, I can't pray in front of people, whatever it is, maybe that's time for you, maybe it's time to get help, maybe it's time to admit that you are powerless over an addiction, substance or otherwise. And your life has become unmanageable and you cannot do this on your own. Maybe it's time to come clean. Maybe it's time to come out of hiding. Maybe it's time to say sorry. Maybe it's time to forgive. Maybe it's time to stop sweeping things underneath the rug and pretending that everything is fine. Maybe it's time to actually have some hard and real conversations. Or if you don't know how to have those, learn how to have them in an emotionally healthy manner. Maybe it's time to speak up. Maybe the invitation for you is to be the voice, the prophetic voice of change and renewal and hope in your corner of the world. Maybe it's time for you to shut up. Maybe for the first time in your life and to listen to enter into another's world. Maybe it's time to say no. No is not a bad word. And to create some healthy boundaries. Maybe it's time to say to that person, you're not going to hurt me anymore that's the boundary maybe it's time to stop caring what other people think of you because you know what the only person that actually matters is Jesus, what he thinks of you and he's quite fond of you I don't know, he just died and rose from the dead for you and when you die you're not going to them you're going to Jesus he really is the only one that matters Maybe it's time to stop assuming, you know what, I'm good. I'm fine. Everybody else is the problem. And ask Jesus to help you take a look underneath the hood of your heart to see what's really going on in there. That's not an easy thing to do. Maybe it's time to begin dropping your defenses and allow the love of Jesus to gently guide you on a journey of healing your inner wounds which we all have whether we are aware of it or not maybe it's time for a change you know it seems almost like a contradiction to be talking about no longer waiting in advent which is the seeding of it's the season of waiting but that waiting is a longing and a desperate desire to be set free from that which keeps us in bondage That's what Advent waiting is. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. Maybe for you, like Israel, you've been in exile long enough. Maybe for you in your situation, God is the one who's waiting. Waiting on you to say yes. To say, you know what? I'm ready. Now is the time. Maybe it is time for a change. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn and therefore you can never lose.